You are now entering film club. I see, mate. You're fond of me, lobster. Molly, you in danger, girl. Your ass looks like about 150 pounds of chew bubble gum piled, you know that? Say it, sir! I don't believe you people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh? Now answer my question. Were you rushing or were you dragging? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Film Co. My name is Phoenix Cloudin, and I'm joined with the great Zach Sneef. Zach, how are you, sir? Hey, Phoenix. Doing great, man. Glad to be back. Glad to talk about some movies here with you. I feel like it's been a minute, so... Yeah. <laughs> things are going great, though. Um, going to be traveling here pretty soon, so excited about that. And Yeah, but most excited about getting into these movies with you i haven't talked about any in so long i feel like on the <laughs> channel so I'm, I'm really excited to talk about them yeah uh very excited and you know we are coming up on the end of our third season it's been a wild ride man it's kind of crazy when you when you look back on it and, and think of everything that we talked about and discussed this season and all the cool stuff we did i mean this this has been kind of a this has been kind of a great great uh season of film code so Really happy to uh, finally be wrapping it up and looking forward to the next season. Uh, this episode, we are going to go through a couple of the films that we saw recently that, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about on the show, at least not this season, um, that have come out that uh, we have some thoughts on. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start a little bit early. Uh, we didn't get to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie on on this uh, show, so. Uh, yeah, so on Super Mario, I feel like it was definitely a really fun movie. I really enjoyed myself. Um, it really didn't break any boundaries for me as far as movies go, but it was it was a lot of fun. I had a good time. I thought it was really good. And for a video game movie, it was, it was really well done. So um, I was actually very happy with how it came out because I was a little nervous at first with how they would do the Mario voice. Of course. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was decent. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, it didn't. It wasn't distracting at all. Like, I never no, felt like, you know, and, and surprisingly, I have to say, Chris Pratt is fairly good at voice acting. I, I never felt like I heard Chris Pratt. You know what I'm saying? I never felt like I heard Star-Lord coming out of coming out of mario so yeah that's a good thing um yeah overall like i was really kind of taken aback by the response to it because i'm like this is a mario movie you know what i'm saying i'm like excuse me i don't know how many of y'all have played mario probably all of you um <laughs> but i well, don't recall yeah i don't recall us ever being thoroughly you know, impressed with the story of the Mario game. So I thought it was kind of weird that people were like, oh, the story's not great. I'm like, it's Mario, bro. Like, what story? Like, like, I'm like, but is in in terms of creating a Mario movie and a and a story around that character, I thought they did excellent. And I mean, we talked about Chris Pratt, but you know, Jack Black is really who stole the show, like as as Bowser. So uh for me i was i was over the moon impressed with it uh i really liked 
like for me, like it doesn't even have nostalgia factor. I know obviously we grew up with it, but I played two Mario games max, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, so like for me, I didn't catch a lot of the Easter eggs and stuff like that. Um, once the carts came out, that was the best part for me. Cause I'm like, that's the game I've played. I played Mario Kart like hardcore. So that was awesome for me. Um, I thought the voice acting was solid. Anya Taylor Joyce Peach. I mean, keep that was excellent. So it worked for me. It 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 satisfied every need for me. And now it's entered the billion dollar club. So overall, I loved it. Yeah, uh, I think my favorite part also was the Mario Kart racing. I mean, I grew up playing the Wii with my family and, yeah. you know, having the controller and actually using the wheel <laughs> to move the car. Right. So I really did enjoy that part. And I played a lot, a lot of the Mario games growing up, like, especially on the Wii. Mm -hmm. I think I own, like, almost all the ones that were on the Wii because it was just, it's what, you know, that's Nintendo. Right. So I played those very often and I was really happy with what came out of the movie. The only thing I wish I think they would have done differently is made it a little bit longer because some of the story mm -hmm. felt a little rush mm -hmm. for me, especially after kind of like the Mario Kart racing when they fell in the water. They kind of very quickly figured out how to get to where they're going. Right, right. And I just wish it was like fleshed out a little more. Right. Yeah, I've played most of my Mario. I played the original, you know, one on the on the Nintendo with the gun. That was great. Um, and then I played the rest on 64. So I played both Mario Kart and Donkey Kong on Nintendo 64, which Nintendo 64 is the greatest system ever created. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's where most of my uh, like nostalgia for it was built in. Uh, one of my other favorite scenes was Mario's training scene. Uh, you know, where he's trying to yeah. get, you know, all the levels and understanding. I love that scene. That so was, relatable, right? Yeah, very relatable yeah. if you play the game and you failed many a times just at certain points. That that was the part that made me laugh the most because I was like just remembering stages and going like, oh, I feel you, Mari. <laughs> so that was great. That, that, that was probably my favorite scene. So wrap this up real quick. What would you give? Uh, Super Mario Bros. Yeah, overall, I would give it a three and a half stars out of five. I feel like that's a fair rating. Like I said, I didn't break any boundaries, but it was a great, fun movie, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I'm a little bit higher. I'm going four stars on Super Mario Bros. Like I said, it was it was, it was was fun. It was fun. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting much, and it still delivered. I'm with you, though. It could have been a little bit longer. I would have I would have liked, liked a little bit more, but you know, as far as it, as it goes for the younger audience who was, uh, you know, still relatively new to Mario, yeah, I think it's perfect for them. So solid three and a half stars from Zach, four from me. We're going to move on to another film that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Uh, this time, let's talk about Evil Dead Rise. So, <laughs> uh, Zach, have you first off, have you seen any of the Evil Dead movies or is this your first one? I have only seen the first one and this one. So mm. I haven't I, I was trying to watch the others, but I like by the time I got there, I was told that you didn't need to watch them to watch this one. So mm. 
I was like, okay, I'll just watch this one then after I watched the first one. Um, yeah, I I did enjoy it. I thought it was really good. It's not a genre for like that I normally seek out for my personal self. Mm-hmm. I do watch everything, so I I see different horror horror genres and such, and I really did enjoy it. It's just not something I guess I would normally see, like if it was me going to pick out a movie, you know. Right. What I mean? <laughs> so, but um, I really, you know, the craziest part for me is I think one of my favorite scenes is like in there for two seconds. <laughs> but I love the way they did it because it was so well done. It's the title scene. Oh yes. Oh, it was <laughs> yes. so good. Like <laughs> I like I know that sounds so stupid because the movie is like there's a lot of great parts in that movie. Right. But the title scene was just like a chef's kiss. Like it was so <laughs> it was so good. It was so well done. And I think they did a great job with that. But overall, yeah, the kills are great. The acting is great. Um I I enjoyed it. What about you, Phoenix? Um I'm a little bit on the opposite side there i mean while i did enjoy um a lot of it um i'm with you where like the best scene for me was the title scene (laughs) of like seeing that like i mean obviously it's called evil dead rise and then seeing the girl come out of the water and then the titles rise up behind her that was just sick. Like, in fact, that it, that entire opening scene is probably my favorite part of the movie because it's just it it's it's way more stylized, I think, than the rest of the film. To me, the rest of the film kind of falls back on a lot of horror tropes that you've seen in millions of other horror movies. But that opening scene felt very distinctly Evil Dead. So, um. I was very impressed with that. Uh, the movie itself, I found myself very frustrated with. I was, uh, I just couldn't get behind character decisions. Um, I'm, I'm not a big gore fan. I've noticed that about myself. Like in terms of horror movies, I like good scares. I like, you know, I love a slasher, but gore, like especially like this, this level of gore. It's not not really my bag, you know what I'm saying? Like, not that it's bad, it's just I know that's not much like you, it's not the horror that I would seek out, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Yeah. So that was the only thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. A little bit too much gore. And I know for people who are fans of Evil Dead, that's par for the course. So if you're a fan of it, then it works. But I know for me, I just wasn't a fan of it. Yeah, I I do kind of wish the story was kept in the cabin personally, because mm-hmm. that cabin, the A-frame style house that they use, that yeah. it, it's gorgeous, and yeah. I think it would have been so cool to do it in that setting. Um, I thought it was like beautiful the the setting scene, like the so opening nice. scene. It was so beautiful. Yeah, and it's amazing how like drastic the 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 changes from that opening scene to the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie is literally just darkness right shrouded in darkness it's raining because of course it is um, you know everything's either gray or black or you know saying just dark and you know and i'm like 
you know, part of what works for, I think, a lot of the horror movies that we saw uh, early last year and, and some this year is that, you know, there's, you can still make terrifying movies in the daytime. You know what I'm saying? Well, screen to that. Exactly, right? You can, you can still make really, really good horror movies and it doesn't have to be all set in this gloom and doom. And I, like, to me, it wasn't even that I was just turned off from all of it it was that i like i didn't have enough time to care about the characters and then we go to the extreme and gore and i'm just like you know what i don't care anymore (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean i i don't know i did like the kill scenes i thought my favorite one was the wood chipper for sure (laughs) nice (laughs) i I do think for my as far as kill scenes go, that was my favorite was the wood chipper, the way that they did that scene. So yeah, I, I did really enjoy it. Um I think my favorite if I had to pick a least favorite part, I would also say the stupid decisions the character made. Oh god. Like yeah. my, I think my least favorite part is when the daughter opens the door. Like, yeah. like <laughs> and it's like really <laughs> you just saw your mom act like a crazy like I don't care how young the kid is. Like, who is actually that stupid? You know what I mean? Uh, to so, me, to me, that's the, kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, to me, the dumber scene was was surprisingly uh, near the beginning when um, the earthquake happens and he sees, like, oh, it's a hole in the ground. Let me just keep going down this hole and then I just happen to stumble across the the, the grave of this book that is protected by I don't know how many protective coins and crosses and all of that. I'm gonna open it anyway, and I'm gonna grab the exact three vinyl records that I need. <laughs> I'm like, no, like all of that just super contrived, just ridiculous. I understand we gotta get to that point, but that was just that was just ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of any of it. Uh, probably my favorite kill is when she bites the guy's eye out and then spits it down another guy's throat. <laughs> like that to me was probably yeah. the best kill. Um, but yeah, all overall, just I I was I get it if it's your if it's your if it's your bag, if it's your jam, it's not the jam for me. Uh so me personally, I think I ended up with a three and a half, but I could probably go lower. <laughs> yeah, I also am going to go with three and a half. So that that's the rating I gave it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got some cool things to it. Not to bag on it entirely, which we kind of did that whole time, but there are some aspects to it that are really cool. Uh, but you know, eh, it's no scream six. <laughs> I'll put it like that. It's no Scream 6. All right. Let's move on to this fun one. Let's talk air. <laughs> so, uh, air. Ugh. Do we have to? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we will, but. We will. Uh, yeah, Air stars Matt Damon, um, Paola Davis, Ben Affleck, uh, Jason Bateman, and it's the story of how Nike was able to sign Michael Jordan 
uh, and eventually create the Air Jordan shoe. And I wish I could tell you that I feel the same way that apparently a lot of people feel about this movie. I do not. <laughs> like, this was the most bland milk toast movie I think I've seen all year. Like, <laughs> like very, very bland. It, 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 I mean, if you already know, like, I don't know how you don't know that <laughs> Nike signed Jordan. And that's how we got the Air Jordan. Uh, I don't I don't know how you don't know that, but even if you didn't and you were like, oh, how does the story come come to be? It's not an incredibly compelling story. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I would have rather them started with the owner of the company selling shoes out of his car. Like I feel like they could have made that a better story than the birth of Air Jordan. Yeah. Uh, especially because, like I said, it's a story that you know how it ends. And unless there's some other aspect to it that, you know what I'm saying, that we're that we're diving into, then it's it, it's a it's a nothing story. And like we start yeah. with we start with him gambling and then he wins and then he loses and we see, oh, he's a, he's a guy who likes to take risks, right? But we never come back to that at all. You know what I'm saying? That's just, that's just how we introduce the character and that's that. Like, we don't, it's not like, hey, Sonny had a, a gambling problem, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and there's some other aspect we can dive into or you know his uh his family situation michael's family situation we don't really dive into that uh the boss you know ben affleck who plays the boss does he have some reservations this, you know, what is his life story how does that tie into this deal none of that is explored and instead we follow this very plain narrow path from hey i saw this guy's tape i understand why why he's the guy and i want to sign him and that's the whole movie. <laughs> All the way through. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, it's just hard, right? Because. When I when I when I have a movie like this, which is like, what would you consider this, Phoenix? Is it like a company biopic? Uh, uh, what, like, what would you? It's kind of it's kind of well, not not of the company. It's kind of like a, it's like a moment in time, I guess you would call it. It's like, not really a biopic because no one is, no one is being. I mean, it's but it's telling the story of the guy who created. Yeah, kind of loosely. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it follows him through the whole thing. Like it's all from his perspective, right? So that's why I'm like confused as to where, like where this would fall in films. Like because there's many films like this, but. Anyways, yeah, but... yeah, when you see, but like when there's a movie about a company or a person, I always, unfortunately, compare it to Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> and like, it's that movie is so incredible. Like, to, and then when you get something like this, it's just so boring. Like, it's just, it bored me to tears, right? Yeah. You know, and I've seen even people who try to do recreations of Wall Street and they do it poorly, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's what happened with Spinning Gold. It's about a record 
uh, deal, uh, I guess, record producer, and it was a horrible movie, right? right? And with this movie, you know, there was nothing thrilling about it, right? They're not throwing crazy parts to the Nike office. They're not going out, getting wasted, and like then they're like drunk the next day trying to close a deal. Like there's (laughs) there's nothing exciting about this movie. if it, the most thrilling part about this movie, which which sucks to say, is the part when he knew what the other executives and other companies would promise her son. Yeah, and it's so boring. Still, <laughs> like it is so boring. I I don't understand how people have loved this movie. I think there's a lot of bias to this being a movie about Michael Jordan related, mm. and. To you know, connected to Air Jordan, I feel like there's a ton of bias there saying that this is a great movie. Stop saying it's a great movie. It's not a great movie. <laughs> you guys are crazy biased if you think this is a great movie. The acting's great, I'll give you that, but the story sucks. Yeah, there, there is no, there is no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like there is no real value stakes. or stakes <laughs> being held. That you're wondering what's going to happen. They don't make it that thrilling. Mm-hmm. And even the speech that he gives in air, like they try to make it this emotional moment, but you don't know that much. You're not that invested in the characters <laughs> unless like you grew up with Michael Jordan, that it really doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, and they're really relying heavily on the fact that it's Michael they're talking to and people they're expecting people to get emotional when they've really put no stakes at all or value in anything related to Michael Jordan. Yeah. I mean, they go so far as to not even like Michael, Michael Jordan himself is not in the movie, but they go out of their way to not show the person who plays him. Like they don't show his face at all. He's basically a silhouette <laughs> the entire time. And I get it, I guess. I mean, I, I, I no, actually, I don't. Like, like I, I don't get it because I'm like, I guess because they're using, you know, video footage of Mike, they don't want to show a, 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 an actor who doesn't look like that video footage. But at the same time, I'm like, so? Like, like we know, obviously... You know, saying he's not going to look alike, but I'm like, what does that matter? Like, you know, you know, what I'm saying like it, it, it doesn't matter. So, for me, the one thing that I know I came away thinking when I when I left the theater was this movie was supposed to be released on Amazon Prime, and it very much felt like an Amazon Prime movie. Like it felt like a Prime Video movie instead of a theater release. Um in every sense of the word, like Viola Davis did another uh, Amazon prime movie called troop zero a few years ago. And that that's exactly what it reminded me of was like, Oh, this is something you totally watch on streaming. This is a good little 97 minute movie about a topic that you are slightly familiar with. And it's a very straightforward story. To me, that's a that's a direct to streaming kind of movie. This didn't belong at theaters. The only reason it's there is because you have such big name actors in it, and who all do a decent enough job, but 
there's just nothing it, like nothing else to this movie other than its premise. I, I felt like I was watching someone at my company close a big deal. <laughs> but not, not in an exciting way, just like they're on the phone and they close it. Close the, yep, and that's, that's it. <laughs> that's exactly how I, I felt like I went into the office and was watching my sales team for the day. <laughs> like that's how this movie made me feel and i don't want to feel like i'm going into my office when i go to the movies yeah exactly so. <laughs> all right so final rating what are you giving air uh two and a half stars i am riding that two and a half star with you as well very very average for this movie <laughs> all right before we go into what it was undoubtedly going to be my biggest hurdle <laughs> to talk about. Let's talk about one film that I think both you and I saw that I think we both liked. Uh, did you get a chance to see A Thousand and One? A Thousand and One? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's thank God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, there's something good to talk so, about. So, something good here. So, thousand and one stars Tiana Taylor, Will Catlett, Josiah Cross, and it's a story about uh, a woman and her son and their life uh, through I want to say the late '80s to early '90s, somewhere around that time. And just, you know, growing up and living and trying to live their lives together and the complications that come with uh, with that, with poverty, with love, all these different factors that are factored in. Um, and the movie has an, an, an crazy emotional, uh, I won't say twist, but like, you know, saying turn that really... I mean, really sets the movie apart. So for you, for you, Zach, what what did you like about a thousand and one? Okay, so my my favorite part of this entire movie is the, the twist at the end. Mm -hmm. Is basically you're going through this entire movie, right? Thinking that this woman had her her child taken away from her, Terry, and um, you see Terry growing up with her in New York City, hiding from the police, you know, falsifying his paperwork, you know, so he can go to school. And this whole time you're thinking like she did something in the beginning and he got taken away. And so now she's like trying to make amends and build this relationship and keep her son. Mm -hmm. And they don't really talk about what happened for him to be taken away. Well, the end, it kind of reveals that it's actually not her child. Mm -hmm. It's just a random child that she, I, she was working in child services or something. Not, no, she was working. It's been a minute since I've seen it. She was, she was basically working somewhere though, where he came in mm. and she was watching after him and she built a connection with him. Yeah. And, and something happened where she lost her job and then she tried to get back to him. She went to jail. Yeah. And, you know, and like that twist, I mean, wow. <laughs> that thing. She found shit. him. That's what yeah, it was. She, yeah, she, she found, found him. him as a baby. Yeah, that that shattered me because I'm like, 
the whole movie you're watching it and you're like you're just witnessing their life their life together and their life is incredibly hard but they're making it you know what i'm saying they're surviving they we're watching this kid grow up um the connections that he makes you know you know with uh her lucky yeah with lucky her her fiance and then her husband um and just you know the man that he becomes as he gets older and it's beautiful it's this beautiful really genuine family story and then we get this third act turn that reveals like she she basically kidnapped him and it's like whoa and like the movie does a really good job exploring family dynamics particularly yeah. when you when you are dealing with someone i mean that level of devotion that she had for him even though he wasn't technically hers i mean that's you can't regardless of of, of how you feel like you can't fake that and i thought tiana taylor was incredible in this one like like genuinely you know this is this is uh someone who's an artist and to me i feel like she's a better actress (laughs) than a musician and and i love a lot of her music but i'm like no she's a way better actress she really showed that she's got chops she really showed she's got chops in this uh yeah i mean i just want to talk about that for a second more um I what I loved about her acting too, and the way that they wrote the character, was that she wasn't this clean, perfect mom. No, oh, no. Like she said a lot of messed up things, and what what I love about that so much is that, uh, you don't get this, you know, in, in a lot of movies they try to make it like this perfect family, right? Mm-hmm. Or like maybe there's some small troubles, but like in the entire movie, like the entire family screwed up. Yeah. Like there's like there there's very few redeeming qualities is besides the fact like the way they love each other and they're loyal to each other. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, it's like really rough, right? Between yeah. especially with the parents and their their characters and the kind of people that they are and the way they were brought mm-hmm. up. It is not this neat and pretty family that you're so used to seeing in a lot of Hollywood movies. Yeah. It's very realistic. It deals with people you know, that Hollywood, I feel like, doesn't give a lot of screen time to. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I really do enjoy the fact that they didn't shy away from that and they went headfirst into it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's one particular scene that I have to point out, uh, which was just, oh my God. I, like, it's such a small, subtle scene, but when you think about the movie in context, I just I love this scene. It's when... um uh terry goes you know he's walking around the neighborhood and then he finds lucky at the basketball court and they're just talking you know just about you know who he is and what he's up to and you know who they who they are and you know then they shoot the ball a little bit and it's a very subtle scene but when you think about the fact that lucky knew this whole time about you know terry and it's like the fact that both him and his mother knew what kind of situation they put this kid in and they still felt the need to watch over him, to protect him, to look out for him and to be parents for him. 
that just hit me so hard. And I'm like, when you think about, you know, good families and, and, you know, what it means to be a good father, to take care of your kids, something about that, like really subtle scene of just, Hey man, we just going to shoot hoops. You know what I'm saying? After we air out who we are and, and how we feel, we're going to shoot hoops. And, you know, and it's just going to be that. And I love that scene. I just think it was beautifully shot. Uh, I really like the subtlety of it. it. It's definitely my favorite scene in that movie. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you, too. I also like Lucky is not a perfect character through the entire movie. Like, no. at first, he's very cold to Terry. He doesn't talk to him. Mm-hmm. And you really kind of see him grow as a character. And I really like the way they did that. I don't, it's not a super long movie either. I think it's only yeah. a couple hours. Yeah. And uh, I think they did a really good job with showing us more of his character. And you can kind of see him grow into this father figure Terry looks up to so much. And I really did like that. And also at the end, it shows like he wasn't perfect. Like the mother hid from him that he had another child with another woman. Mm-hmm. And like Terry had no idea you know mm-hmm. and he made him like this big image of what a man should be and then he realized oh wow he's not even perfect it's just right. my mother protected me from what was real you know mm-hmm. man i really really love this movie uh yeah. it was really really good a very really excellent uh subtle storytelling that's why i think i really liked about it and then you just had three killer, killer performances. Tiana Taylor, Will Catlett, and, and Josiah Cross really, really brought it in this movie. Um, I loved everything about it. Very naturalistic movie. Uh, I think I went with a four star. That could probably go up, honestly, because I really did enjoy this. Yeah, I do believe I also gave it a four star, but I agree with you. It may, It could change to four and a half for me. Yeah, because I I really did love the movie, and it's nothing. What what what's so great about it is the acting and story makes it, and mm-hmm. you don't need much else outside of that to be honest. Exactly, very naturalistic film, really really dope, like really dope. I could see myself really like rewatching this constantly. I really think it it's it's really excellent storytelling. Yeah. So we go from that. <laughs> to this so we are now talking about Bo is Afraid <laughs> new film by uh, Ari Aster starring Joaquin Phoenix Patti LuPone uh, 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 Nathan uh, something Nathan Lane sorry <laughs> um, yeah I'm going to let Zach lead this. Go ahead, Zach. What did you think of Bo is Afraid? Dick monster. <laughs> uh. There is a dick monster in this movie. <laughs> oh, I know God. I know we have a certain rating for this channel, but that I I there's no other way to say it. Yeah, no, there really There isn't. there really isn't. Like <laughs> that his father in the movie is <laughs> A giant penis mm-hmm. that has teeth and is a monster. Yes. And outside of that, mm-hmm. I don't have much to say. 
because uh, it doesn't matter what you put in a movie. It mm. doesn't matter the stakes you put in a movie. It doesn't matter the story you put in it. He he had his his father is a penis monster. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good you make the first half of it. Yeah. His father is a penis monster. And there is no like there there is no explanation. Mm-hmm. There is no it it, it tries to be this at the very beginning, it tries to be this realistic movie. Mm. I feel like where you're like, okay, this is actually happening to him. Mm-hmm. And like, this is, you know, this is, uh, it's, it's supposed to be like real life. Mm. No, no, it's not. Mm. And I like, I don't Phoenix you even know what the point of that was. I didn't, re- I didn't bother to read it. I was just so upset. All right. Oh, let me stretch. <laughs> I'm about to tear this movie a new asshole. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is hands down, hands down, the worst movie I have ever seen. And yes. I mean ever seen. And I've seen a lot of bad movies. This this takes all of them. Even the worst bad movie that I could think of is better than this. Simply because it's shorter. <laughs> like, this is three hours long. It has no business being that damn long. It is surrealism and absurdism on film. And I have to tell you, I have to tell this for everybody. Surrealism does not work on film. It doesn't work on film. I don't care what anybody says. It's cute. It's a very clever tool. I understand that a lot of people enjoy surrealism. And sometimes in small doses, it works. But when you do a three hour long film where you throw in multiple, multiple aspects of surrealism and absurdism, you have completely lost the plot. The plot of this story is meaningless. It's meaningless because what you are saying is what you are seeing, what you are seeing for three hours does not matter. Nothing that happens in the beginning of this film matters by the end of the film. And if you're thinking something that happens in the middle matters by the end of the film, no, nothing matters by the end of this film. And if that's the point, I'm all, I'm perfectly fine with a movie that basically says nothing matters. Everything is everything is everything. You know, we're where we only exist on in chaos. I'm perfectly cool with a movie that does that, but don't make it three hours long. <laughs> and then and then there's a dick monster. <laughs> like, like we could have had all of that. And I would have been like, okay, this ain't for me. Obviously, I'm not feeling it. Whatever. But then you throw in a dick monster. A, like, I, I wish we were exaggerating. I truly wish we were making it up. Like, I truly wish we were embellishing or being, you know what I'm saying, anything. No. No. 
It is an actual penis with a clip art angry face on it <laughs> whose testes have now grown sharp uh, nails, whatever. And it and it's like, ram, like dead ass. <laughs> like that's that's how we close this movie. And I'm like, you know, I'm all for absurdism. I'm all for surrealism. I don't think either one works on film. I certainly don't think they work for three hours long. But I could forgive all of that if this movie had a story that was worth watching. It does not. There are some great shots. Don't get me wrong. That scene of his neighbors all going into his apartment that was that was hilarious. That was really cool. The the whole street of his neighborhood, some really great uh production design there. Some really great photography there. Really liked it. The scenes at the house, you know what I'm saying? There's some really great stuff there as well. Yeah. It's just once we leave that part of the story, it's it it's it careens downhill really fast and really hard and nothing matters by the end of it and it is it is you feel how much of a waste of time it is like you genuinely feel it i think the part where it goes downhill for me is when the daughter who is with the family that takes Bo in after they hit him mm -hmm. when she drinks the paint that's where i'm like okay what are we doing what are we yeah. doing with it because the problem the problem with this movie is everything leading up to that is like super realistic. Totally could happen. Right. Hundred percent could happen. I mean, not everyone running in your house, maybe, but you mm -hmm. you get what I'm saying. Like, okay, like that could that's still a possibility. Mm -hmm. Someone drinking paint to to prove a point. That's where you start losing me. And then they use the army guy that they have there as a hound with his tracking bracelet, which never gets explained. Or the no. camera set, like they're spying on him. The mom keeps leaving him weird notes. That never gets explained. It never gets touched on ever again in the movie. None of it, like Phoenix said, none of that matters. At the end of the movie, none of that ever gets explained. None of it matters. It just happens. Okay. And it's just like, why? What? If you're gonna make a movie, make the point all the way across, not sporadic. Because the movie changes in direction so many times so after, many that, times. after that. <laughs> like, and you're like, where is this going? Like, honest to God, like you just you just hit the nail on the head. Like, once we leave that house, the the direction this movie goes in changes like 20 different times like no exaggeration it it changes so many times you think okay we're 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 going down this path now no now we're switching gears to do this okay now we're switching gears to do that okay now we're switching gears to do this and like here's my thing like i said the reason why i say surrealism doesn't work on film is because you have to connect two irrational ideas to each other um and the further apart that those ideas uh are the harder it is to connect them so like i could talk about 
his neighbor leaving notes under his door about, you know, the noise that he isn't making and connect that to his key being stolen. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. could do that. I could do that. But I can't connect um, him not being able to drink water uh, with his pills to this girl drinking paint. Like, I'm like, these, these two things are not, they don't they don't exist anywhere on the same plane and or yeah or when he goes to the forest yeah right like the whole forest scene is point like it's so stupid because (laughs) he's trying to make it to his mother Mm -hmm. and then he stumbles upon a camp and he just stays there for Mm -hmm. no reason whatsoever where he supposedly thinks he meets his father Mm -hmm. and then he gets drawn into this daydream of the play it makes no sense Like, there's no point in that daydream at all. And, like, I think of other surrealist movies that I've seen. The one that that comes to mind is I'm Thinking of Any Things. I'm Thinking of Any Things I did not like very much, but there are moments of it I'm like, yo, that, that was cool. Like, that was cool. But what pissed me off about it entirely is, like, I cannot stand movies that are so concerned with being uh, so absurdist and so surreal that they no longer care about the audience. Like you don't, you no longer care about the audience's experience and you don't care about how it's going to play to your audience. And you're basically like, I'm sure if I talk to Ari Aster, he could tell me exactly what each scene in this movie represents, what it's about, whether it's an homage to, and what, you know, how he was using it. And I'm sure he could do that. The problem with that is then you look like a pretentious. <laughs> like, like you look like you're so you're jacking off in your hands and licking your fingers at that point because all you're doing is saying to your audience, I'm smarter than you. Like, I know how this connects. I know what this is. You don't know. You don't get it. You're not high-minded. And I'm like, I don't have to be high-minded to know that you handed in a piece of crap. Like, you handed in a full-blown piece of crap. And because I don't get, I haven't read the 18 references that you're making to, to this movie, I'm somehow not enlightened enough to enjoy it. I I guarantee you the majority of people haven't read you know, all your references to this movie and therefore you just made something that you could, you could swallow your, yourself. Uh, it, it's not, it's not a good movie. And we talked about air being overrated. This is being ridiculously overrated. This, there, the amount of people who are chewing this up and, and, and loving it, I'm blown away by. To me, this is the worst movie I have ever seen, ever seen. And, and, even if I knew the connections that even if I, even if I read Homer's Odyssey and I read, you know, uh, Oedipus and, and, you know, and I knew all of these stories and, and, and all of that, I would still be very, very much turned off by this movie because it's not, it's not a movie that you deliver to an audience. It's no, just, it, it, yeah. It's I, not. I kind of agree with you, Phoenix. It kind of feels like, this is Ari Aster's stab at being someone who's affluent. Like, 
uh and of culture and feels mm-hmm. like he he knows things that you know that society should know and he's like above everyone else in way of thinking and that's it's just not it it's just a stupid movie it, yeah. and it it it's it's not the audience's fault for not understanding something because you basically draw these super super uh what's the word i'm looking for like the the points are so far between like Mm. where you're trying to draw this line and you're expecting people to follow you all the way and it's it's just not it's not possible it really isn't and it's just too long man (laughs) like yeah that's what i'm saying like you're trying to connect these points in something that really like it if you're trying to make a point make it to where people can at least get a meaning or understanding of it not this super far out yeah you know view that you're trying to take and make it like a like a normal thing and it's like it's it's within every scene it's not like yeah yeah it's like yeah there are the connections between this scene in the first act and this scene in the second but mainly it's like four different scenes in the first are its own metaphor or allusion to something else and it's like that in the third act especially it's 20 different scenes that are an allusion to something else when we see the penis monster right the penis monster isn't the idea is it's so absurd that it can't be real but so much of his his this movie is based in his reality right so it's it's hard to tell is it real is it not but if you take it that it's not and that this penis monster is just an embodiment of his father who's his dad's a major dick his dad's a dick right like okay cool yeah. but like to me it just felt very amateurish like very amateurish like yeah everything like when you think like no offense but when you think of how much dick jokes are in this like not jokes but like you know plays on dicks are in this in this movie it's like what is this dude 11 you know what i'm saying like it's like this is like a a high-minded american pie you know what i'm saying like it's not it's not elevated to that point that you think it is it's huh. really Bo, Bo is stifler right exactly you know what i'm saying it's <laughs> It's not it's not that high minded. It's very low brow. And and that's why like I said like I felt like he was trolling. I feel like this is this whole movie is a troll. Like and he just convinced a bunch of people that he made high art when really he was just trolling y'all and just to see how how many of y'all would fall for it. Um I ain't fall for it. <laughs> this was trash in my opinion. I mean, to be fair, if the point was that it is a trash movie that he falsely try to make people who think they're high and mighty think that it's a great movie. Then, but then he succeeded. <laughs> then he succeeded. Yeah, right. exactly. But, <laughs> then it's a success. <laughs> <laughs> but, alright. So, Zach, what are you giving Bo is Afraid? Um, I had a two and a half, but I honestly may bump that down. Mm-hmm. Probably bump that down. Yeah. I have it at the lowest I could have it, which is a half star. I honestly 
would put this under the negatives. <laughs> like this is a negative five the star only movie. The reason <laughs> I left it at two and a half is because the beginning felt like it could have gone somewhere. Yes, the beginning it felt is like solid. it could have gone somewhere. Yeah, the, it's so weird because the beginning feels like it's it's telling a, a straightforward narrative. Yeah, and then the rest of the movie just says, "Yeah, screw all that." <laughs> like, so, uh, yeah, no, for me, half star, the lowest rating I could possibly go. Uh, wish I could, I genuinely wish I could go lower. Uh, for that movie, so that's Bo is afraid for us. So we've talked Super Mario Bros. Air, uh, Evil Dead Rise, uh, Thousand and One, uh. What am I missing? Bo is afraid. <laughs> like, that's a lot. Uh, am I missing anything? Is there? Did we talk about anything else? Oh yes. Uh, we have we have one more movie to talk about. <laughs> we have one more movie to talk about, and that is the last one that we both saw, which is "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret." Um. So this is a Judy Bloom novel that was uh has been adapted into a movie. Um. This is about a young girl going through, you know, a move to a new city, meeting new friends, new people, and, you know, how she discovers growing up in in this new world that I guess she's entering into adolescence. Uh, yeah. Zach, what did you think of this movie? Honestly, um, I thought it was great. Um, it's just... The only thing with this movie, it's 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 very hard for a man growing up to Ooh. relate because it is literally about female puberty. Like mm. that's what the movie's about. And <laughs> there the reason I say that it's still great is there were a lot of moments where I felt myself laughing and I was invested in the characters, like the acting's great. And I really think it's a very good coming of age story. And I can appreciate that. It's just um, a rating and the way that I view this movie is more so from a perspective of, you know, do I feel like it speaks to other people? Like, do I feel like it reaches the audience it's trying to reach? And the answer is yes. It, it definitely does that. And so I think it's a great movie. It's just, like I said, not one that I can relate to as much. Yeah, this one this one was a little interesting because it was it was a coming of age film. Uh it was also a kind of a coming I don't want to say coming to Jesus film, but like definitely a coming of religion film. Mm. Uh I guess you could call it that. Um and you know, and and on top of it being kind of like a youth a young comedy. Um it's got a great cast. I mean, Abby Ryder Forston, who plays uh, Margaret, excellent. She's going to be a great, great actress uh, going forward. Rachel McAdams is in this. Love Rachel McAdams. Kathy Bates, Benny Safdie. Uh, solid, solid cast. Um, I am, I am of the mind. I'm very much like Zach. I felt deeply uncomfortable <laughs> watching this movie. <laughs> Especially because I tend to go to the movies by myself. So I'm like, you know, single guy alone in a movie theater watching a movie about adolescent puberty. You know, 
I'm like, and it didn't help that I had like two people sit directly next to me. Um, even though it was like eight people in the theater and you could have sat anywhere. I'm yeah, like, like, can I laugh? Right. I'm like, like am I like, allowed to laugh felt, at this? Yeah, I felt like I was on candid camera. I'm like, bro, like I don't know what you think I'm gonna be doing in here, but no. Um, and that's another reason that's another reason why the movie kind of made me a little uncomfortable. Um you know, I I I'm okay with uh adolescent puberty. Obviously, it's natural, it's something that has to happen, obviously. But you know, I couldn't help but as I'm watching this movie and, and think like there's some scenes in here where I'm like, if there was a really creepy, disgusting guy in that theater, I can't help but think he would love this movie. <laughs> like, like that's all I kept thinking is like, there are some scenes in here where I'm like, why are we seeing this? Like, you know, like there's a particular scene where we see uh one of the kids in a two-piece bathing suit and she's walking through the sprinkler like in slow motion and like, you know, modeling. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, like, I'm like, I, why? We even see her like protrude her chest out so like she can show like she's growing uh you know bosoms and I'm like again why <laughs> like there's another scene where our main character uh Margaret is um she's practicing with her with a pad and like we see her pull down her underwear and it stays there it stays on her underwear I'm literally like in the theater going why are we seeing this right now like like this is like deeply unnerving why why do we need to see this I'm like I'm all for the exploration of this but I feel like it's unnecessarily graphic especially as an older male watching it I'm like this is nothing I want to see like it might be perfect for its target audience no question but I know for me I was I was very touch and go with this movie I I feel like it see because I feel like if you're a mom and you bring your daughter like your you know young teenage preteen daughter to see this mm -hmm. like this that would be an appropriate movie for you to watch together is like a mother and a yeah child. you know what i mean yeah like that's that's different it, yeah. but yeah you're right going as a, as a single grown man you're kind of like <laughs> like, should i be here right now yeah <laughs> am i am i on a watch list like, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there, there are some funny parts um like the whole like i think it's funny the way that uh kids perceive like the way that they um like grow up like the mm -hmm. whole i must i must i must increase <laughs> my bus like they feel like that's gonna give them a bigger chest when they're older. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, but at the same time, like you're saying, like I can also see where, like maybe there's a creep in the movie, and yeah. like, like oh yeah, you know, uh. Uh, like, <laughs> that that makes me like kind of sick, but like like it makes me feel sick. But yeah. uh, but overall, I thought that that whole bit was funny. Like just like the ideas that kids come up with that they think is like mm. you know this is what i do to become like a, a woman or even you know for guys maybe it's something different and you know 
maybe right. guys do something different at that time period where it's like this is what I gotta do to be a man you know mm-hmm. and so like I just thought it was funny yeah and I mean the, the movie does have its its funny moments I love the scene where they go and buy the pads and then you oh, know, yeah. slowly moving on the conveyor belt and she and throws there's a the teenage boy. Yeah. yeah and she just throws the, the teenage <laughs> right I'm like yeah. to me that that was hilarious like that was a cool funny scene um yeah and i love 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 rachel mcadams uh and she kills it no matter what role she's in i absolutely loved her character i thought she was amazing um and you know she was she was solid she played the mother role really really well uh you know being surprised that all of her uh, all her daughters are inquisitive you know questions and understanding that this is a point in her life where she's gonna have those questions she's gonna want to know more than you may feel like she needs to know at that time and i thought she played that very well uh my biggest issue came in the conflict of the movie which is um her husband is jewish her parents are christian and they cut her off because because she married you know a jewish man uh and the whole like the parents come over and his mom comes over and you know they're arguing oh she's jewish she's christian i was just like why does this matter i'm like if this is the height of your conflict See, um, I don't I don't think that I don't think that was the height of the conflict though. Mm. I think that was part of her figuring out who she wants to be as a woman. But I don't think that that was the entire conflict. I think because there's other times too where she's like, is this the right thing to do? Is it am I being a good person when I do things like this? You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um and it's funny you because you, you think this is like pro religion to me being christian this is a very anti-religion movie like that's how i felt leaving this is so this is so weird i don't know i don't know why you think that no because no because right like okay so like i personally like a little bit about me baxter i grew up atheist and listen i don't care what anyone is what all our viewers i love all of you it doesn't matter what religion you are right i don't care about that i love you all the same um but for me you know growing up you know, I personally was atheist and I I kind of strayed away from Christianity for a while because um, a lot of people, like, there's a lot of hurt from a lot of people who claim to be Christian. Mm-hmm. And I kind of found my own personal faith with Christianity later on. But um, no, I felt like this was anti-religious because the way that they portray the Christians and the jew like the jewish family like the shove it down your throat you're gonna choose like mm. that to me is not a when people watch that that's not a positive thing about religion no like, it, it's not like the whole you know you're gonna be jewish you're gonna be christian you're gonna be this you're gonna be that like for me growing up like if someone said that to me like that was not that's not a positive thing mm. And the way where she goes, you know, I don't want any of it. Mm-hmm. Like that to me was upsetting because a lot of people do feel like that's how religion is. It's these people who are constantly shoving it down your throat. 
Uh, although she keeps continuing to say, like, at the end, she even asks, hey, God, are you there? It's me, Margaret, like, the title. Like, at the end, yes, she does ask that, but she didn't never, she never chooses a religion. She's just claiming that there's a God, which, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's hard to watch that because it's like, she's not really claiming anything to believe in. She just wants to believe, like, there's something. Right. You know, and so that's why I don't think it's it's pro-religion. I don't think that at all. I think it's very anti-religion. Like I- a... You see what I'm saying, though? Yeah, like, yeah I, I get, I get what you're saying, and that's that's not exactly what I'm saying. I, I'm like I said, I I go back to the height of the conflict. Seems to be that the the you know, the uh, the the question of religion, and to me, like, uh, when I see faith based films, right, they lay it on very thick, right. So to me, I'm like. This this was that just on a smaller scale, in instead of like laying it on thick and it being you know, a part of every aspect of the movie, it was just really uh reduced to the the major conflict of the film, and to me that was just like oh, okay like but, like but I was even like, then I don't I don't feel like it was a major conflict. I feel like the major conflict itself was a combination of all these things where she's deciding who she wants to be as a woman right because there's there's several scenes right where she finds out oh my friend lied to me mm-hmm. there's a point where she lied about who she liked right mm-hmm. there's a point where she finds out that oh my friend actually made up stories about someone else to feel better about herself mm-hmm. and like said these hurtful awful things and like do i want to associate myself with these kind of people you know and I felt like, honestly, that on top of the religion and on top of, you know, like the relationship she has with her family, I felt like it was it was a multitude of things, not just. And I think that maybe it's because like there were certain parts where I feel like they had kind of had to fill in the story to make it a little bit longer. So maybe that's why they added a little more parts to the religion side than not. But even still she's dealing with this like adolescent hierarchy of you know what group am i in you Mm -hmm. know and who do i want to be and i felt like that was definitely more of the thing even with the mother right like the mother herself is trying to figure out who she is after moving like she's trying to figure out where she fits in in this new life and so i really felt like the the major conflict for me was what kind of woman do I want to grow into, you know, who do I want to be? And that's I, what I felt. Yeah, and I definitely do think they do an excellent job of uh, tackling all of those aspects of of adolescence and coming into your own and, you know, deciding who you want to be and who you want to be friends with. And all of that stuff, I think, happens right around that time, right? When you're like, you're you're at that age where you're like, uh uh well not that nobody can tell me anything anymore but that you're inquisitive enough to inquire things on your own right right you you know what i'm saying and so you inquire about you know your your uh your body you inquire you inquire about you know your faith and and your friends and you know yeah. the kind of person and all of those things add to your self image right your faith your 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 friends your your inner circle you know all of that stuff so 
I do think they do an excellent job in in really executing that premise. It's got some really unnecessary moments, I think, in the movie. Uh -huh. Some very graphic moments that I don't think need to be in there. Um, it does have some humor to it. I could see myself watching this again, but if I watch it again, I'm watching it with my daughter. I'm not watching this by myself. Like, it just feels yeah. awkward. Um, so, yeah, what are you giving? You don't invite the guys over like, hey, what do yeah. you all want? Yeah, hey, no. God, it's me, Margaret. No, yeah. God. Yeah, no, if we're having a movie party with guys and y'all say, hey, let's watch Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Oh, yeah, are you Kick, there, I'm God. kicking you out because you're the one. <laughs> all right, so what are you giving this movie? Uh, I think for for content and what it's trying to achieve, I gave it four stars. Mm. And the acting solid too. Like the acting's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of there with you on on what it what it says and what it ultimately does. I was just I'm I'm sorry that gross out stuff was really <laughs> it was really unsettling for me. So I I settled on the three and a half. Um, I do like this movie. I do think it uh has some value in it um and like i said yeah you you hit the nail on the head mothers and daughters will eat this up this is a brilliant film for mothers and daughters so uh for that demographic i think i think they'll absolutely love it uh yeah. sing, single dads probably not as much <laughs> yeah <laughs> or so, or just a single guy in general. just a single guy like yeah no nah, this ain't this ain't this ain't the one all right so Ooh, we went through a lot of films there on our final wrap-up of Season 3 Film Code. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you uh, check out some of these movies that we talked about. Let us know your thoughts on them. Uh, you guys can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Film Code Pod. And Zach, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. You guys can find me on Twitter at Zach Sneath. That is Z-A-C-H-S-N-E-A-T-H. And you can find me on Letterboxd at Z Sneaks. That is Z-S-N-E-A-K-S. -S. Awesome. And you guys can find me on Twitter at I-M-H-O Reviews 1. That's the number one. And on Letterboxd under P.A. Cloudin. And as always, guys, like I just said, please follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Film Code Pod. We will see you guys next season. <laughs> we yeah. are out of here. Peace. Peace.